एपिसोड फोर विथ शालिनी खन्ना सुमन वर्सेस are given full powers to change something in this country what that would be please give me those powers i am going to make <laughs> by the way i must share that today i take over as the chairperson for skill council for pwd good evening shalini ji a warm welcome to my show suman versus human today i'm so excited to talk to you shalini ji because you are not just a normal person you are an extraordinary person because not just empowering the women of this country you are also making them very secure because your contributions to the society was remarkable so let's know more details about all the work you are doing for the community right here let us know how all this started from the beginning thank you suman and it's such a pleasure to be on your show i have been listening to some podcasts of yours and it's totally sheer my pleasure to be here and to talk to you um thank you for acknowledging the work of uh, blind women empowerment that i have done for the last 21 years and uh, i have been the founder director of uh, center for blind women under national association for the blind india so um i started this center in 2002 and uh, not many people know that this was started actually as a result of the findings of a study called status of blind women in india and that study was uh, by asian blind union so they had offered me this study because i my background is market research so in year 1998 when i was already a freelancer of market research and you know i had done my masters uh, in industrial relations and personal management and i was still kind of wondering you know which hr to join and whether to go to corporate or not corporate was very new at that time in india uh, my friend took me to the nab school of uh, delhi arkipuram and that's where i started volunteering with a lot of students and that is what was my gateway to this beautiful creative field my whole image about blind people was totally shattered there I was scared I was nervous because I had never really been uh, with any blind person in my life not with any student such a such an unfortunate past of the schools of India where inclusion was not even heard of and um, when I started interacting with these students who were going to uh, you know mainstream schools around as an integration practice I rediscovered myself and I enjoyed thoroughly this uh, you know side of life the life of purpose i would say i would say and um, i became their student welfare in charge after some months 
because I wanted to bring reforms into the hostel, I felt that the students in the hostel were at a little disadvantage because though they went to amazing, beautiful mainstream schooling, but when they came back because of being an NGO, you know, and very limited resources, there were hardly, what, 13 caretakers in the hostel taking care of 170 kids, their food, their stay, their cleanliness, everything. So there was a lot of, you know, uh, discord between students and the caretakers. And that's where I decided I want to start working here and bring my HR knowledge here. And for four years, I kept working there. Uh, I loved bringing reforms in the hostel and I got to know so much about the life of blind children and how... Uh, bright they were, but how disadvantaged they were. Now, you said you have done uh, courses related to industrial management, stuff like that, right? Yeah. Now, what made you to look forward to help this blind community? Because mm. you can opt a very luxurious corporate life. I know. The kind of education you have done uh, is mm. more into that. Absolutely, Suman. Uh, so I told you that I was already a freelancer in market research in 98. I happened to join market research in year 1993 after immediately after my graduation. And then I came back to study more in 96. So by that time, I had already become a freelancer. My financial side was taken care of to quite a large extent. But somehow, you know, I would say this was my soul path, something like that. I always say my karma brought me here. That um, I was looking for somewhere a life of purpose. And when I saw that I was needed in this school, you know, it's not that I, of course, I would not be able to earn from there, but I was really needed there. There were not many people who were ready to do that, bring the reforms to the hostel or bring quality of life to these blind students. Every day of my life there was so rewarding. And when I did this research for Asian Blind Union in a Status of Blind Women in India, what I saw in India was so bad. The status of blind women was so dismal. I can't tell you. It really encouraged me to, to kind of think ahead in the same line. So... Um, but what we saw there, Suman, was uh, atrocious. We saw blind women being married with a sighted sister to the same man in many regions in India. We saw how even the immediate neighbors would not know that there is a blind girl in the next door house because people would think this is a stigma, having a girl child and that too blind. We saw, I heard of disabled children being thrown off into reverse to make the make bridges stronger and that was so alarming uh, when i presented the study to national association for the blind india everybody was alarmed and very very concerned and they felt that there is a huge requirement to start a center for blind women now where the vision would be to empower educated and uneducated both blind girls because after schooling, there was no path at all at that time for blind girls in year 2000. Um, the parents would not feel that the girls are safe if they send them out, you know. So when they offered me to start this center here in Hoskars in Clave in New Delhi, they had, a, they had been donated a bungalow here. 
though there was no precedent to follow you know so i was completely standing at a road which was not traveled at all i was not sure where would i go and i had to fight with my family but somewhere i was sure inside that this is a path i would like to choose because there is nobody who has done this and i would love to you know make it a career in the future for people we cannot just applaud for this work in fact i have to salute you my entire team so is saluting you for the work you have done before and also doing now you mention a very sad story now you know you told yeah. that blind girls were getting married to her sister's husband so yes was this things really happen absolutely in whole of haryana this was the way oh my God. and you know how we got to know so we were going in the research in a snowball approach and um somebody had led us to a house in uh, a village close to faridabad and when we reached the house in the village we were knocking the door nobody was opening and the neighbors told us just enter so we were wondering how could you just enter a house you know and we pushed the door there were those huge ancient doors and we pushed it open it opened a jar and i went inside there was a little veranda nobody was there then i crossed that and then i entered a bedroom where this blind woman was sitting on a bed and i said i asked her then some questions and she told me that this is a norm because the parents didn't know what to do with these women they had not got them educated they didn't know where to send them for education and um safety was of course a big big problem you know and uh, i said so where are people she said my sister and my brother in law have gone to the field they are farmers i said so you know it was about 3 o'clock i said have you had lunch she said i eat in the morning and then they go out and i can't cook i can't lift even a i don't know where to go i don't, i can't even make a cup of tea for myself so when they come back now in the evening that is when they're going to give me food it it stands so vivid in my memory even after 20 years that that was happening and then we met more people in haryana so we were doing this in so many states in india every state had a different stigma onto it every state had some had desexualized the blind women some had some had thought that they are of no use some had thought they are a bad women some had thought that they are a black spot on their karmas what all do i tell you but yes i'm glad to share this you guys made them independent because those days those days before your organization yes. yes i'm pretty sure that not not even a single organization were actually looking for give them skills and you know may, to train them to become independent looking see actually at that time nab had a lot of branches in india and um, when nab realized that they don't have a service which is dedicated to blind women we were not expecting any other um organization to have done that till now and um they were very clear that they had to do something for both educated and uneducated blind women i mean there are several stories women that i can share of course please, there were educated please. girls um there were there were girls who had done their schooling from delhi only and and they had gone back to villages in up um but 
in a village i remember this blind girl was the only girl who had gone to school for 12 years she had completed her 12th in a whole village of uneducated people and now she was sitting back again in her household doing nothing she said now my father doesn't know what to do with me and my education and she used to to pass her time she used to read her old school books again all the time the real books there was like the father didn't know that she could do anything else whom to marry her to what to do with her can you imagine mm. what a din what a what darkness yeah. it was actually she was feeling even worse having been educated and now not being able to use the education so we knew that we have to open doors further for educated and uneducated blind women both training them empowering them is one step now the other big challenge is getting them accepted in the society that's it i think that's a most difficult thing because oh yeah sure because uh, not not everyone are ready to take them into their lives or their organizations or whatever you call them i want to know more about it so when we started this um we didn't know how to go about it where to get these girls from who are the girls who need our help and what not you know we started with some volunteers because we didn't have much money and those volunteers after some months um just went away saying what are you going to do with them if you're trying to teach them english and grooming and what not and that broke my heart at that time that the society does not see any light at the end of this tunnel but um somehow we started computer trainings in the year 2002 for the blind girls 2003 2002 October we got this premise and uh, then we also opened the handicraft training for the uneducated girls and i remember that after a year my um, handicraft girls uh, we were ready i mean they were very good in doing what they were doing and we approached an export house that why don't you take these girls on to the job in a factory that export house which used to take more than 200 disabled people on work and they were flabbergasted they said we have never thought of having blind women here we have some blind boys but blind girls who is going to take care of their security at that time i used to find this barrier hugely everywhere nobody was ready to take them on jobs because everybody felt that it is very risky who is going to take care of their safety what if something happens on the road we are going to be responsible and we started taking responsibility we started teaching the blind girls self defense mobility mobility was most underrated training i feel till date for blind women nobody thinks that you know blind girls have not been allowed to go out of the four walls of either the house or the school for 12 years nobody allows them to go on their own on the road how are they going to learn and then if they don't learn mobility how are they going to go for further education or jobs so that was a herculean task to you know teach them mobility on the road of public places at the age of 20 or something and then convince the employers that they are ready to work and the and you don't run risks and then the next challenge was once they started working they had you know they had a job on their hand they were earning now what 
I really wanted them to have the same quality of life that I was leading, you know, have a home. Yes. yes. Enjoy life, have have more quality to life than just a job and a roof over their head. So I started feeling they should get married perhaps. But who was there to get married? I mean, you won't see many couples dating 20 years back where a blind man was marrying a blind girl so much. Yes. Um I can say this with a lot of conviction because I really really struggled at that time. The blind guys would all want to get married to sighted girls thanks to all the poverty in our country. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because 100% uh, people would marry off their very poor girls to uh this working blind guy because anyway he's getting her food and shelter. And that and girl is getting married to her him for for better life absolutely absolutely there is and nothing called love here absolutely there is nothing called companionship here yes and i first time realized that in india marriage is also a way of rehabilitation for a woman hmm. i was shocked with that i was not married i didn't have time to marry for many years and I really had to work hard. I remember on so many forums I used to talk loud on top of my voice. Why are blind guys not getting married to blind girls? And the answers I was getting was how is one blind person going to manage the home with another blind person? The parents were so concerned. And by default, the first day of the center I had started getting them trained in cooking because I had seen that blind woman sitting on the bed not being able to make her cup of tea mm. and i had made kind of a determination that every girl is going to learn cooking and it was not easy to convince even the blind girls themselves to learn cooking because you know they were so scared of knife and fire they were never taught the parents were so scared to teach them initially the girls used to drop out of the center because they used to feel this is too much work they were not used to it A lot of blind students were not used to any work. In fact, they were given food on the table, and the and the plates were taken away from the table from them in the hostels. So it took me time to convince them and to stay on my decided path. And that's when we could convince a lot of blind boys and their parents that my girls can manage the kitchen and can go to work also and can come back and take care of home. Now you tell me what can you contribute. and it took some time but i'm proud of this country's blind boys also today there are a lot of them listened and they started coming here to see for themselves really you know whether they can manage homes and today i am at a scenario where i have to stop the blind girls from marriage to say listen first you stand on your own feet <laughs> first be self dependent please don't get married before getting a job in your hand you must have some financial independence i'm very yeah. curious now because you spoke about blind boys getting married to blind women now yeah why not a sighted guy sighted boy marry a blind girl this this, this know, always so bothers me shalini ji that's I my next to, vision i guess <laughs> yeah i want to hear that's, more on this that's the next vision yahan par to like not even the blind boys were getting married to blind girls where would i go and convince the blind the sighted men you know it's it's it was impossible at that time to even think of it but i do see a future like that that now there will be 
and open parks the option should be open it should not be a definition or a discrimination between blind and non blind hmm. you know she's a woman we i have taken 21 years to make the blind woman feel that she's a woman and to make the world see her as a woman first and then a blind woman most of my listeners are uh, sighted uh, mainstream mm-hmm. i could say so mm-hmm. now they have lot of you know confusions on on mm-hmm. their minds like mm-hmm. how how a blind woman can be or how a blind woman manages a home if they get married to mm-hmm. someone like that so mm-hmm. we need clarifications shalini sure sure suman have you heard of blind bake the garden cafe um it's been talked about a lot there are youtube channels on it yes. uh, we run this cafe here and it's run by blind women totally um if they can run a cafe they can run a kitchen so smoothly awesome. they run a cafe where they bake okay where they you get tacos and you get pizzas and you can you get pastas and and you get you name it and we will present to you the best cake around and it's all done by blind women to the precision that sighted can aspire to have and i feel i mean we saw them in the kitchen and the stupendous work that they did in the kitchen and then we decided to open their whole forte to the world and now we are doing job mapping in five star hotels kitchens oh, to place wow. the women there yes so that is not a question mark anymore how a blind woman is going to cook she cooks everything she can do everything it's just that she works in a different manner that's it then comes about managing the home uh we teach them housekeeping and there are so many blind women now who are running amazing homes and they work too and just like you know i am married and i run a home but because i'm working i hire a maid right to do some help for me at home thankfully in india we still have the scope <laughs> so so does a blind woman she also hires a help and she also asks uh, requests the house help to kind of help her out with some things it's absolutely the same way it's just that her her manners her ways of doing things at home would be a little different i would say her kitchen would look much better than mine every day <laughs> the salt and the pepper are going to be at the same place as she had kept last day so that she can find them easily and um she goes to the office in the morning by metro or by you know public transport or if she's earning well well she owns a car too and she has a driver i can give you umpteen number of examples of of both kinds and, and she comes back and taking care of children yes that's a good question initially it requires some handling uh they learn how to handle small kids um especially their health part and their um, you know growth uh especially when they start walking around till the child is confined to bed she can definitely take care but when the child starts crawling around she does take measures so we in fact staged a play many some days back on the same theme how does she take care of a child and there are so many um noisy toys around or she ties some um you know ghungru wala bangle or something onto the child's uh, neck or uh, wrist or feet and she knows where the child is going and uh, she brings up the child 
maybe with a little help from her husband or from her mother-in-law or somebody or the other but uh, very very uh, nice surprise it is to see that nature is not discriminating so the child when they when when he or she grows up with a blind mom also learns that my mother can't really see you know and you will be very happy to see how children get sensitized from the beginning to be with a blind mom yeah and they themselves help her to parent him or her i have seen so many kids now of my own trained girls who are running homes and have children two two children not even one and shalini how about uh, you, because you also mentioned companionship now when a sighted male gets mm. married to a blind female how how mm. uh, how good she can mm. be a good company see companionship does not come from eyes suman companionship comes from the heart and the mind you can where you are able to talk to your companion where you are able to enjoy the same things and you learn to enjoy what she enjoys and she learns to enjoy what you enjoy so companionship i don't think does, depends on organs and eyes um if you really value companionship more than more than her sight earlier i i would always tell blind guys are you marrying a sighted escort or you're really marrying and so many times people would say oh she left me because you know i was not enough for her of course you're using her as sighted escort why would she be around with you for longer but when people are companions with each other they learn to accept their limitations and they also learn to uh, acknowledge the specialities that the partner has you know when uh, you say that you know uh, it's it's nothing about organs and uh, it's nothing mm-hmm. about uh, uh, you know your body parts mm-hmm. when it comes to mm-hmm. companionship then why again the same question why a mainstream a partner uh, you know is not going for a sighted or any kind of disabled partner so man that is a that is a utopia maybe i'm talking about that is an ideal world i'm talking about people are not able to yet come down or come up above from their uh, very worldly ways of looking at others we are still we are still um, you know uh, calculating people on the basis of the money that they earn we are still calculating people on the basis of the cars that they own and the houses that they own most of us are not really looking for friends who can really be great friends who can be companions who can be company but some of us are it's not that the world is a totally dark place of course not there are intellectuals there are people who are emotionally um who have a better emotional quotient now and who are giving importance to such things and who are giving importance to companions do you find any differences between in in this category do you find any differences mm-hmm. between india and elsewhere in the world abroad not really i won't say that I feel in fact if you ask me I feel India is very enterprising. We have more options and um roads less traveled than the other countries out. Out of perhaps limitations, you know. I have seen a lot of couples where the women have Both lost sight after marriage. Retinitis pigmentosa comes any time. you know after 18 
and i still at any point in time the center will have married girls also who have children also who have left children behind to be taken care of by their husbands while they are learning to cook now in a new manner while they are still learning to walk around because they have gone blind and i'm not saying all of them are happy stories no many of them many of them get left out by their husbands because now she can't see and the husband feels that she can't really take care of home but there are many who are still going back to their homes to take care there are many and i remember um, i had a student who was left by her her husband after one and a half years of marriage because she lost her eyesight she was hardly 19 20 very beautiful girl and she had you know the whole family loses hope and they start feeling that now it's a dark future she came here started learning and then got a job in a bank and she actually found a sighted guy online and they got married she went to kerala all the way if she listens to me she would know i'm talking about her and she is very happily married right now she can take care of kitchen she is a good companion to him and they talk she to each other for months to together guy after yes, totally she sighted. became blind lost right? sight yes oh, absolutely nice great and this was her second marriage you know so there are people who are thinking and feeling from their heart and mind and not just from their commercial mindset or their worldly mindset but the number is very less and we can just hope for more people and i'm very sure this is going to happen looking at the bright girls that are coming out and those who are not themselves hidden um and they are so confident i don't see why they should not be marrying sighted people or any other guys they like to in fact you made them stand independent you made them go to offices you made them set up their families now another question i have is how about domestic violence and you know mm. sexual harassment mm. at work because you you mm. are also helping this disabled women fight with these challenges yes yes absolutely so i'll take one step at a time domestic violence definitely is there definitely um where they're not valued or husbands abuse them even the blind husbands and they um in fact have extramarital affairs the husbands and the girls are not able to do much we try to help as much as possible when we get to know that there's something like that happening our girls we prepare them that is why i said we don't get them married before they're financially independent because i feel financial independence gives both individuals a very equal platform to live in you know it does not really um hold the woman as an inferior which it has for many many years in the past in india somehow financial independence for the woman especially has come out to be a fighting tool for herself you know a survivor and um, very thankfully in the last 20 years how many ever girls we've got married none of them are suffering domestic violence my only hope for them and my only message for them would be that they have to become financially independent and they have to know their rights and then the fight becomes better they are more confident to fight for their rights sighted women generally 
they are outspoken they go to police station but in, when 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 it comes to disabled they are not that open uh, absolutely yeah. those women even the sighted women who are working also are not able to go to the police stations themselves and do this no not at all because still still the security from their own maternal homes is not so good nobody is giving them the psychological and emotional security that it's all right to leave your home it's okay to come back i am a member on facebook on some forums of women and i read these stories every day by sighted women there are so many who still suffer and i feel so sad about it that if you continue to suffer emotionally and physically still in spite of actually being earning yourself what else is going to empower you it is i feel it's the emotional backup it's the backup of the parents who tell the daughters that i'm still there even when you get married you're not going to leave this home forever of course the disabled women who leave their homes in many cities and come to mumbai or delhi or chennai to live here to survive and uh, there are some who definitely reach out to us and we help them um file a complaint or fight back but there are so many who still don't reach out and i do hope that they start reaching out they start reaching out and asking for help yeah and uh, h- yeah. how do they reach you in case like if they if any disabled women needs your help yeah so uh, in delhi ncr uh, we have a team who is in touch with a lot in communities um is on a lot of whatsapp groups or uh, you know uh, they mobilize because they mobilize from even door to door there are you would not uh, believe this but there are pockets in delhi where a lot of blind people couples live so uh, they try to live where most blind people are living if they are poor uh, of course if they are well off then they are in many different societies but mostly poor or uh, low earning low income generation uh, families they stay in pockets together so we happen to get in touch with most of them around um otherwise we do keep uh, trying to reach out through some or the other events that we hold in communities so that most people can reach out to us so uh, i am very open to understand what better ways we can reach out to them and we would love to do it but these days phone telephone and internet has made it possible for a lot of girls to reach out to us if the girls don't themselves reach out their neighbors do their uh, some family members do uh, some guys who live around them they do that's how the girls come to us we always have a waiting list for admissions every 3 months or 4 months so i guess they do get to know and how about dealing with sexual harassment so sexual harassment at workplace if we are talking about in fact i happen to be on posh uh, panels of many corporates myself because uh, they have to have an external member from an ngo who's working for women um sexual harassment for women at workplace uh, is not so rampant for blind women as yet i haven't heard of many cases because just simply because there are very few blind women still working in the country hmm. you know even if i say 2000 at least i have placed or 3000 what is that number in front of 15 lakh women nothing nothing so i don't think there are many blind women working in workplaces but there is sexual harassment happening in many hostels for sure there are a lot of hostels which are not very safe and the blind girls stay mainly for the 
greed of getting free stay and food you know mm. there are there are some hostels for sure and sexual harassment happens there we keep hearing and uh, that's a very sad fact how uh, the legal system of the country is cooperating with uh, the organizations like yours um now after this new law um rpt where we have some things which are more highlighted about the accessibility i must say accessibility is getting a lot of attention though it's still we are we are there only maybe 20% but it's still getting attention and things are getting uh, you know uh, addressed but there are lot of problems where i feel the legal framework still falls short like we keep facing a challenge where when we get a job for a blind girl we need to get an accommodation for her nearby and i'm not talking only of delhi i'm talking of all the cities around and even bangalore and there are no people who are ready to give them pg accommodation my field person has to go door to door to request them to give them pg accommodation and they don't get ready to give it to a blind girl mm. they feel it's unsafe or whatever and that is that is a worst suffering i feel for them to feel so unaccepted you know and we have earlier uh, even for working women hostels we have seen that they get unaccepted and we have fought cases and with uh, we have written to disability commissioner and he is he has been very helpful when they write back to uh, organizations organizations do um, respond but what do you do of the society at large the homes who do you fight with i don't think there is any act where i can go back to the police and say this home is saying a no to me for taking a pg accommodation of a blind girl mm-hmm. you know at organizational level the legalities still work but not in individual levels and i do hope you know that some legal channels do open for us to be able to complain and the society starts if not cooperating then the society has to be a little aware a peculiar question shalini ji um how about if there is a disabled person maybe a male or female if in case mm-hmm. they get you know arrested or they are put in jail uh-huh. like uh-huh. Uh, how they are treated absolutely they do now a lot of police personnel are getting awareness at least about delhi ncr i can talk about or mumbai because um, in fact we are approached so many times by the women cell of the police stations nearby to give them the self defense trainings themselves the police personnel come and teach the blind girls so and initially we were very uh, apprehensive that how will they teach the blind girls have they ever worked with them you know but when we saw the workshops they had been sensitized i guess so if they are becoming aware about the presence and existence of disabled people in the vicinities they are definitely getting more aware about helping them out and i feel the more disabled people are on the road the more they are seen the more they will be able to raise their voice the more people will be aware about them initially when i used to send the girls out for a walk in the morning when i had started this center with the residential facility you know my neighbors some neighbors used to bring the girls by the hand saying how rude of you you have left them on the road alone <laughs> and uh, they were going for a walk in the morning to practice their mobility 
And I used to ask them, what do you do with your girls? You chain them in the balcony or something in the morning? And they used to gawk at me. But now, after so many years, when the residents have been able to see them, and we are by chance in a very posh locality in Delhi because the bungalow was donated. And they are all now very, very sensitized. And they themselves have asked the MCD to put up boards uh, for the cars to go slow because the blind people might be walking around. And I've seen in the metro station close by, uh, they really keep the paths absolutely clean and they keep announcing about them. Because they see the girls there, you know. In the metro stations where they don't see any blind people, on the tactile path, you will suddenly see a whole barrack of even the CRPF personnel themselves. Mm. It'll be on the tactile path because they will feel, nobody's coming here, big deal. Mm. So, yes, of course, it is their insensitivity and it's their mistake. But somewhere, we are also at mistake and the disabled people themselves also are at mistake. They must come out of homes. They must come out, travel in the public transport without a fear so that people know them, that they exist and their needs then will be understood. Shalini Ji, now I am bringing a topic which is mind-blowing and only person like you can do this, this such kind of miracles you are bringing lot of lot of uh, cancer awareness initiatives mm-hmm. for people with disability mm-hmm. for people of disability as well as to mainstream by people with disabilities yeah. right so please give yeah, me more so details this is about an it. initiative uh, which has come from germany actually i should thank dr frank hoffman who thought of this um, so uh, not many women know that uh, many women have heard of mammography but when you talk around to your friends to your parents to your neighbors not even a single woman would have gone herself to get a mammography check now if you don't go before the symptoms come then you're late. When the symptoms come for the breast cancer, when you can feel the symptom, you're already in second or third stage. You're already running a risk for life and you will have to go through all the painful treatments. But somehow the women in India are so unaware about their own health and there is no other channel apart from mammography where they can go and get a preventive breast check. You know, just just to get a check whether there's something or not, periodically. And very surprisingly, every woman will have a past history of a breast cancer survivor or a breast cancer victim in their family, Mm. either close or far family. But there will be somebody because India is home to most number of breast cancer cases in the world. Yes. And the most number of deaths due to breast cancers, mm-hmm. a cancer which is totally curable if found at the earlier stage. So, um, in Germany, uh, some women would have come to Dr. Frank Hoffman saying that mammography is available only after 45-50 years of age. So, where do I go at 30 years if I have had a family past of breast cancer? So, that's when he started thinking and when he started checking himself that why don't women do self-breast checks? He realized that to focus so much on every inch or every centimeter of your body, you need to close your eyes after five minutes. You can't really focus without that. But sighted people lose that focus also very fast. Mm. You can't stay with eyes closed to 
for too long. And that's when he thought, why not go to people who have been gifted with eyes closed? And that's when he approached a blind school in Berlin. And that's where the story started. And five years back, uh, they approached India, uh, us through some other doctors, um, how to go about it in India. Because we have the most number of blind women and the most number of breast cancer victims here. So um, that's when we saw this uh, technique the first time. And I was very happy to see that, um, you know, something like this can bring a paradigm shift in the lives of visually impaired women. They can be on the side of service givers and not just service takers. Yes. And we sent our team, uh, training trainers team to Germany with the help of some funders, uh, Bayer Crop Science to be specific, and um, got our trainers trained from Germany, mobilized the girls the first batch and then trained them here. And the first time when we approached doctors to see how efficient are these girls, trained girls, um, not many doctors were forthcoming to bring such a huge change in their whole pedagogy in India. But there were one or two doctors who were totally stoked. And um, Dr. Mandeep Malhotra, in fact, helped us so much to bring this to the fore. And he was so passionate about this. He said, this is the way to go. This is a natural way of okay. checking a woman any woman hates to go to mammography because it's a painful exercise to get checked. But this is so good. You are not exposing yourself to laser or any radiation. And you can, and any age group can get themselves checked. And uh, it's a USP that they're blind because their tactile sense works much better than any of us. Yes. And then when we started sending interns to hospitals, we sent interns to Tata also in Mumbai which is a very known hospital for cancer. Yes. Um, the Tata people themselves uh, started doing some research with their uh, checkups. And when I went back to them after the internship, uh, they themselves showed me a research, which they did. And they said our doctors had eight errors out of 58 women checked. And your girls found out those eight women with cancers. Our doctors missed them. So Tata was the one who first time gave us so much hope, uh, saying that this is the way to go. This, this is where, uh, this is what we must do across the country. And uh, we started training with that hope, you know. But a lot of blind girls, uh, still, we keep looking for them because they are scared, I guess. It is a very extensive course. It takes six months to train them and then three months for the internship. And um, we train them in medical terminology and in in breast cancer so thoroughly that they almost become nurses for breast cancer departments. Mm -hmm. And the doctors are very happy in the hospitals with whom they're working. And in Medanta, every woman who comes for an executive health check is sent to the blind MT to get a breast check. Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. This brings goosebumps. So the yeah, error absolutely. is very, very less when this it's examination 1%. is done by a blind girl. Right? 1%. 1%. The research wow. shows, we did a research then in India because the doctors were not accepting it. And they said, you have to bring in Indian research for medical changes. And then Dr. Mandeep Malhotra headed the research. He's a breast cancer specialist. And um, the research was done on 1,350 women. Usually it's done only on 500. Mm. 
And uh, the research shows very, very openly that with blind MTEs, there is 1% error. With mammography, there was 8% error. So my listeners focus on this. If any person is going for their examination, medical examination for breast cancer or their breast screening, if it is done by a blind girl, then the error ratio is 1%, less than 1%. This is, this is also published in Times of India, right? Yeah. Great. Times of India, BBC um, articles, Indian Express now will bring it this Sunday, lot of newspapers. And now uh, you will read it in Reader's Digest in the next month. A lot of newspapers are coming back to us and we will be on BBC Radio this Wednesday talking about it with UK doctors who are trying to explore whether this can be brought to UK or not. How a hospital can join hands with you, Shalineji? So the hospitals are uh, now responding. Uh, initially, they have a resistance that they have to give a room you know, uh, exclusively for this activity because it has to be done in a closed room. But initially, it might uh, cost them, you know, for first two months. But after that, it makes a total business sense also for the hospitals to run it because uh, all those women who are not coming in the fear of mammography to get themselves checked periodically will now come for the MTs to check them. And... Uh, they will be able to uh, have more uh, women walking in, you know, for a business sense. And for the general society, it saves us in time. I'm not saying they can cure the breast cancer for you, but they can find the first stage, 0.5 centimeter, which is five millimeter of an abnormality a blind woman can find for you. Mm. Five millimeter is the back of a pen, that much. She's able to figure out for you with her tactile sense. And if you are identified and if you are able to find that small lump, that is the first stage and you can be fine with just medication. You will not have to go through so many surgeries and chemotherapies. You can help any hospital to set up such kind of laboratory across the country, right? They don't have to do anything. They just have to have a room. And my blind girl is efficient enough to handle everything on her own after that. She just needs a laptop and a table and chair. So this is going to give a lot of insight for every one of us today, Shalini Ji. And I'm, I'm speechless because the kind of work you are doing is, is marvelous. So, I'm so thankful to life and people like you and my girls, mostly. You have to see when you come to the center how they run the Blind Bake Cafe beautifully. And the cafe goes full even in the heat right now because we have umbrellas out in the open. Mm -hmm. And people come to see how they cook. And we have a spa, uh, a pain-relieving therapy spa by blind women. We have uh, a handicraft unit uh, which goes on many exhibitions every month, totally by blind women. We're going to have soon a call center with totally blind women there. And, and we have the Discovering Hands where they find out the earliest stage of breast cancer in any woman of any age. How so about funding? Uh, if, if someone is really interested to donate or contribute for this cause or your center, is, is there is any possibility, is there is any doors open for this? 
I'll tell you, absolutely. Please donate. Whoever is listening, we need funds because all these girls come from poor families and they're not able to pay for their trainings. And we require about 15,000 per month for every girl who's getting trained here because she stays here and there is healthy food and she's trained also. So you can go to our website, nabcenterforwomen.org and uh, there is a payment uh, link there for uh, donations. We have a Paytm also. You can Paytm us and uh, my number, you can popularize for sure. If people want to reach out, please message me. I'm not able to pick up my phone all the time. Would you, would you mind but to read out that number for my listeners, Shalini? Sure. My number is 9811772499, Shalini Khanna. You can message me if you would like to donate to us or you can go to our website, nabcenterforwomen.org and go to the payment link and please donate to us. And that is going to give a big life and also light to all those blind women in the country. And Shalini ji, that, that, all these things were never easy, right? How cooperative was your family? Um, not initially. They could not fathom why this girl with a bright career is going to this <laughs> very different path where she's not going to be able to earn. So initial years were tough. The family was very lost and I had to live away from my family. But uh, soon when they started seeing me on TV or in newspapers and they read, oh, this work is also of some good. And this is not just, you know, a hostel where blind girls stay. This is a life for them. They started definitely responding, getting warmer again. And uh, I am thankful to my family, my mother, my brother and his family. And uh, now my husband, who I got married to very recently, who are amazingly there and they really, really support me. And um, I think that is my emotional anchor with which support uh, I'm able to go further. Otherwise, it's very tiring. Mm. Oh, Shalini ji, I have this question for all my guests uh, without any exception and you cannot no, just go without answering this. So if, okay. if you are given full powers to change mm -hmm. something in this country, what that would be? Please give me those powers. <laughs> I am going to make it. <laughs> By the way, I must share that today I take over as the chairperson for Skill Council for PWD. Wow. And till now, their, their Excel sheets of training partners for visually impaired is the lowest in number. And I, I'm there for two years as a chairperson. I definitely want to fill up those numbers, make more trainings available in this country for blind women and men both. And I feel if the law can be more tight, can have more teeth for people with disabilities and especially blind women to go back to complain when they are rejected on the face from restaurants or from homes, they, the world is going to be a better place. The employers, if they can be open to just try job mapping, not even give me jobs for them, just, just get a job mapping done in your, in your workplace where we will come and tell you what jobs blind people can do. 
there will be so many more opportunities opening up every day for them and then life is not going to be any better or worse for them than the other people they are very intelligent people they are academically so well read and um, you know in so many streams blind people are actually so much better than sighted people also so why not give that niche to your workforce and bring diversity in the real term my dear listeners this is a a wonderful lady shalini khanna today with us and shalini ji thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to host you on my show <laughs> this is a eye opener episode to many of us and heartfully what i wish is expansion i want nab center for women expanding you know, to all the other states of this country and to make your services available everywhere in this country thank you kuman amen may god listen to you and uh, i definitely hope that we multiply in the terms of services facilities and awareness throughout the country and thanks so much to you for coming up with these amazing questions for me to be able to answer them and also listen to my own words and maybe create another path for myself further